Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying this series, A Reason for the Hope, as much as I have. It's been amazing just to hear all the stories about God working in people's lives. Firstly, let me introduce myself. My name is Kayla, um, and along with my husband, Cameron, we lead the Divergent South community. Um, we have three kids and two more on the way. Um, so I have the privilege of sharing with you today. I'm really excited. Um, but just before I start, I wanted to share what I guess my big point or I guess the big picture I want to convey as I share my story this morning with you. Um, and that is that I'm not enough. But let me explain this to you. This was my identity growing up. Um, this is what led to a whole lot of issues in my life. Um, and this is the ashes that God turned into beauty. So I'm going to jump straight in. Um, my father was an alcoholic. He had multiple relationships, um, some of them at the same time, which my mother unfortunately learnt firsthand. Um, but due to this, we, um, I'm actually one of eight siblings on my dad's side. Um, I only grew up with two siblings and one of those wasn't even his. So I actually only know one of my eight siblings on my dad's side. Um, my mother left my father when I was about two years old. For most of my life, I thought because of my age, I didn't really know any different growing up, but just a mom was my norm and the, absent of my the absence of my father didn't really affect me, but this was a wrong belief. Having an absent father, who I spoke to maybe twice in a 20 year time frame, um, was the reason I felt like I wasn't enough. See, I wasn't enough for him to stop drinking. I wasn't enough for him to stop cheating on my mother and I wasn't enough for him to try and get to know me as an adult or just as a person growing up. To him, I simply wasn't enough. Skip ahead to high school, where I'm a little more self-aware. I had a few guys interested over high school, but most of those either ended in them cheating on me or just simply not being interested in a relationship once they found out I wasn't going to be physical within a relationship. This was more ammo to fuel my you're not enough mindset. Now, my sister is also incredibly beautiful um, inside, but more obviously to others on the outside. Uh, growing up, I had my friends, both boys and girls, whenever they saw her being like, she's your sister, with just such disbelief that we could even be related. For me, this added more ammo to my not enough mindset. So why did I have to look like me? And why couldn't I look like her? These two aspects um, growing up throughout high school the fact that people didn't want a relationship with me if I wasn't going to be physical and the fact that physically I didn't even feel like I was good enough really started an unhealthy uh, relationship with my body and food. Um, it was around this time that I started an eating disorder. It was unintentional at first, but once I guess I saw the, the way it was changing um, how I felt and I guess the responses I was getting, um, I kept at it. I was mostly starving myself, but I did have a short time frame of being bulimic as well. My eating disorder must lasted many years, um, with me weighing around 48 kilos um, at the age of 19. Um, you can't tell probably from this angle, um, but I'm about 173 centimeters, um, and I haven't grown in height much since then. So just kind of imagine me minus 20 kilos. It was a really unhealthy spot in my life. So this twisted mindset that I'd created um, helped me feel like I was enough, at least physically. I was able to control the way I looked and 
that was giving me more hope that I wasn't giving any more ammo to anyone to make me feel like I wasn't good enough or give them a reason to say that I wasn't enough. I should add that this mindset um, and fear of not being enough also led to me being a massive people pleaser. <laughs> um, again, this is my way of trying to control any outcome from people or any reasoning to give someone um, to view me as not good enough. Because I never knew, I guess, the reason my father never interacted or had much to do with my life, I think that left a lot of unknown around as to why um, or what caused that. So there was a lot I was trying to control that just was unexplainable. I was really unhappy, I was depressed, and I just didn't know how bad I was. Um, at 16 years old, I ended up dropping out of college. I think I only lasted about a term all up. Um, school was never a strength for me. Um, but instead I started working. Now the retail job that I had left me a lot of alone time. It was a small little store, so I only really had a lunch cover. So for the rest of the day I was alone. This was kind of a first for me as I would normally surround myself with um, friends, people just as much as possible as I could because I just hated being alone. Um, I'd stay up to all hours of the night and I'd go home to sleep, but even that wasn't a guarantee because I just really hated being alone. This alone time at work left me heaps of time to consider all the what ifs and all the things I couldn't control in my life. I put a lot of responsibility and blame on myself for the things that weren't the way I wanted them to be. It was a lot of self-hatred and so self-harm for me was my way of kind of giving myself what I thought I deserved for not being good enough. Now, 18 years old, um, I met a guy and he made me feel like I was enough. He took me on fancy dates, he bought me things, he prioritized me. And so to him, I felt like I was enough. He was like a breath of fresh air at that time. Um, I was really deep into my depression um, and so having someone notice me and think I was worth taking the time on was amazing because I was searching for someone to save me in a sense um, and I thought I'd found that person. I'm Due to the time I have this morning, I'm going to cut that two-year story really short and just let you know I was wrong. <laughs> Um, that relationship ended in heartache and blackmail and ultimately a baby. The ending of that relationship and deciding to keep my first son had two effects on me. Um, a lot of lies and secrecy came out and in some ways it was almost like a new way of living for me because I was really hidden, I suppose, in a lot of what I was doing. Um, so falling pregnant made me want to be better for this child um, that I was carrying so I stopped myself harm and for the most part tried to just really let go of my eating disorder So in many ways the ending of this relationship was great But on the flip side it did add another layer of not feeling good enough I couldn't keep that relationship going. I couldn't be the person he wanted and yet again left feeling like I wasn't enough now, I've shared my story of having my son with many people, and when I do, I talk about it as being a big turning point in my life, which is true, but it was mostly physically and I guess emotionally in a lot of ways. But it wasn't for about another two years that I guess I started that spiritual healing journey for myself um, and learned that not being enough 
isn't an issue with God. Now, I want to clarify that I grew up in church. I, all my best friends went to church. That relationship with a boy was from a guy from church. My mom went to church and I genuinely loved church. But even though I'd experienced God many ways growing up, um, if I was honest with myself, I wasn't walking with Jesus every day and I was mainly just a weekend Christian. Um, I hadn't really understood what it meant to follow Jesus um, with my whole life. The two years after falling pregnant and um, having that significant relationship fall apart and all my secrets on display, as it felt anyways, um, was probably the hardest two years. There was a lot of numbness, um, a lot of trying to find happiness in the wrong place again. Um, yeah, and a lot of just feeling like my mask had fallen ultimately. And so I wanted to try and prove that I was good enough still, even though everyone kind of knew all my mistakes. Um, I was trying hard to see that there's got to be more to this than life, that I wasn't made to be this irreplaceable or worthless as I felt. Over that time, I'd lost a lot of church friends um, deciding to keep my son and having my sins kind of put on display. Um, I had many people, even just with inside church, not speak to me anymore or do anything but speak about me, which I had one lady at the time come tell me and she let me know that I was the talk of the town and that everyone was deciding whether I'd made the right choice. None of this really made sense to me at the time. Um, none of it matched up to what I felt like the church was supposed to be and who Jesus was in the Bible. I didn't, I didn't want to leave church. I was trying to make amends and I felt like the people who were supposed to be there and were supposed to love me weren't. And so that's when I really started to search for what, it, what Jesus really meant, what God meant and what the church meant. So my son was about a year old when I heard God clearly say to me inside church one morning that this is not your home anymore. And for me, that's all I needed. Um, although I had a lot of hurt within that church, I stuck it out because at the time, church meant God to me. So, and I wanted to keep pursuing that relationship with God. So I stayed in the church despite, you know, the people, because I wasn't there for the people. Um, but feeling like I had that release or that permission in a sense from God. Um, yeah, I left the church they grew up in and ultimately ended up finding Divergent Church, um, still called Life City at the time. I had a friend who was coming and she just encouraged me to come along with her um, and check it out. So I did. <laughs> Um, I felt really nervous to go back into a church community at the time. I had a lot of shame, you know, being a single unwedded mother um, inside a church community. Um, but I went anyways because I was still really searching for that relationship with God and, yeah, I guess all those questions I wanted answers to. That Sunday that I went um, changed everything for me and it felt like I'd finally heard the gospel for the first time. So those of you who know Josh, he was speaking that morning um, and he was speaking on the Passover story where God instructed the Israelites to put the blood of the lamb on the door and the spirit of death would pass over them. Josh shared that in a way that I hadn't really heard it before and he related it to us and Jesus. He shared that it didn't matter who was inside that house that day as long as they believed that that blood would cover them and that they were obedient to what God was asking. And something just clicked and it felt like I could accept the gospel 
that I wasn't enough, but that that didn't matter anymore because I finally understood that it's through Jesus's blood that covers me, that makes me enough to have that relationship with God. So yeah, it wasn't like all of a sudden my issues went away, but it was definitely a starting point for me. Um, I was starting to finally being able to accept Jesus and want to follow him without any guilt or shame. And it's at that point that I found my hope. After that Sunday, I was hungry for God. I knew that this church was different in many ways. I had people love and accept me despite my situation. Um, so I was all in. I ended up joining the internship at the time, not long after joining the church. And it's there I spent the next two years just really learning how to understand the Bible and read it and enjoy it for myself, um, to learn about cultural contexts, um, just Jesus as a person, um, Christianity, but just in a whole new way that I really had never really heard before, um, even though I grew up inside church. So there was a lot I had to unlearn, um, and I'm still unlearning things, and there was stuff I had to struggle through, but my life was changing, and I was able to finally give things over to God um, and to follow Jesus. I had a hope, I had a reason for living, and I had a person that couldn't leave me and couldn't let me down, and that was Jesus. I can't stress enough how life-changing it is and how important it is to have a hope that's in God because he gives something that this world just cannot offer. Um, I know it kind of sounds simple when people say it, so just put your hope in God, but I know it actually takes hard work. It takes a lot of looking at yourself and it takes a lot of letting go of. Um, we have to look at our own hearts and learn and accept that God has something way better for us than anything that we could make up for ourselves. Even though I grew up in church and I heard often those things like, yeah, put your hope in God and trust in him and he loves you. I only understood them in my mind in a sense. I hadn't learned how to take those things and apply them to my heart and actually let them change me. I hadn't let the character of God really change my life. And that's where the difference was for me. But I think my favorite thing um, is that God didn't actually ask me to stop believing I wasn't enough to be accepted. I didn't have to change. He met me right where I was at. And I think that's the simple beauty of you know, salvation and the cross is that Jesus meets us where we're at and he accepts us and he loves us. And yeah, without Jesus, none of us are enough. And that's the whole point of why he came. See, my story was never about what I could do or ultimately what I couldn't do. So it also means that there's nothing that I can do to take away what Jesus did on the cross that day. It has nothing to do with my enoughness or what I felt I was lacking there. There's no doubt, no insecurity that can just take away his love and his acceptance for us. And I think that's one of the coolest things about kind of having that understanding and that change of heart for me and hearing the gospel and understanding that for myself. I know I've shared a lot today, um, but the one thing I really want you to take away is that Jesus gives us a hope um, and it should be life-changing if we let it. Yes, God, God meets us where we're at every time, but it also it's also up to us to deepen that relationship. 
um, to continue pursuing that relationship with him. Now you might be listening this morning and maybe never taken that first step towards accepting Jesus. But can I encourage you to do that? Just take one step forward. Maybe it's talking to someone who already believes in Jesus. Maybe it's reading a Bible with someone and having those questions answered or learning to understand it in a different way. Maybe it's doing the Alpha course if you've never heard of it or just those simple first steps. Um, Just start somewhere and do it with someone else. Now you might be listening to this and already decided to follow Jesus. Um, But I still want to encourage you the same way. I want you to continue to take that next step forward in deepening that relationship with Jesus all the time. Um, That could look like, yeah, setting time aside with him every day. It could be committing to a life com. It could be formally studying the Bible, um, simply just prioritizing him. could look different for everyone. But I just want to encourage you to, yeah, just continue to deepen that relationship because that is up to us and that's where we get to put in that time for him. So even though this is our last week on our series, A Reason for the Hope, I just want to encourage you to take the time and write your own reason, your own story of the hope that you have, and then share it with someone. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, I just thank you that you are always with us. I thank you that you are always there. You're steadfast, God, that you never leave us. I thank you that we can come to you broken, that we can come to you with doubt, we can come to you with questions, God, and that you don't turn us away. That it's in Jesus dying on the cross for us that we can have a relationship with you, Lord, and that that can look so many different ways. So I pray just this morning and as we continue on in our weeks and just going forward, Lord, that you can help us to just pursue you and to be brave and to keep taking those steps forward and to share our story of hope because you have done so much for us. And even if Jesus dying on the cross is all we have to say right now, God, that that's enough and that's an amazing thing that we have. So I just pray for everyone this week, Lord. Um, I pray that they can share a story of hope with someone that they know. In Jesus' name, amen.